0: So it looks like it actually broke a record. It's the largest company ever to double in price on the first day of the IPO. So that's pretty crazy. But I think you hit the nail on the head. Kind of the perfect storm. Right place, right time, right investors, as you mentioned. When it came out, there's really nothing that you could say bad about the company. I mean, it's an awesome space. The growth story of the company is awesome. Yes.
1: I can't pay that price for it. Though. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. I'm Mark Tepper and we got my boy D, Derek Gabrielson.
0: What's up, man? How's it going? What's
1: up, dude? I've been running late all week, so (laughs) a little flustered right now. Every meeting seems to be running a little longer, especially when most of them are on Zoom.
0: I understand, man. It's a rough week for you. Yeah. You know, we won't talk about what's coming up soon for you, but I understand it's emotional.
1: It's a big birthday for this guy. <laughs> Very depressed.
0: <laughs> so I turned 40 on June 1st, it, smack in the middle of the pandemic. So, you know, it kind of came and went without much fanfare. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, I already knew I was old, so it didn't really bother me too much. Yeah. But yeah, it's a rough one, man. I'm guess, scared. I guess you're thinking. I guess I'm, you're thinking. I'm
1: scared, man. I don't know if I can make
0: it. <laughs> I think you'll be all right.
1: So for today's show, D, if you look at like all the stuff that's in the top storylines in the media right mm-hmm. now, obviously, number one is still COVID-19. Right. I don't want to talk about that.
0: No, I'm sick <laughs> of talking about that. I'm done talking <laughs> about
1: that. So we're just going to throw that one to the side. The next thing people are talking about is the Snowflake IPO. Right. So let's talk about that.
0: Yep. I think it's a good one.
1: The next thing people are talking about is TikTok what the heck's going on with that? So let's talk about that too. And then the fourth thing is the pullback in tech stocks. What does that mean for the market? So let's hit on the last three of the four. Okay, We'll eliminate the COVID-19 talk (laughs) since we've hit that before. And quite frankly, I've moved on from it. It's time for us to talk about other stuff. So let's start off with the Snowflake IPO. The question I have for you, D, is like, what's your take on it? Because I heard a lot of people thinking that that may have been indicative of a blow off top, right? I mean, the Snowflake IPO'd at 120 bucks, started trading on September 16th at 245. <laughs> That's over double its IPO price. Yep. When as high as $319, I don't know where it's going to be trading when this episode is published, but the last I checked, it was trading back below its first trade. Now, the hype behind it is Warren Buffett Went in, mm-hmm. right? He invested in it. Mark Benioff from Salesforce went in. So you had some big time guys who are running successful investment divisions with Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway, or an incredibly successful company like Salesforce, investing in this Snowflake IPO. And Snowflake, it's a data company. It's not the only game in town. No, I mean that's a space that you want to invest in. You want to be in Absolutely. the cloud. You want to be in data. But there's hundreds of companies that do stuff like that. So the fact that this thing was trading at twice its IPO price, what's your take on that?
0: So it looks like it actually broke a record. It's the largest company ever to double in price on the first day of the IPO. So that's pretty crazy. But I think you hit the nail on the head. Snowflake, I think, was really kind of the perfect storm. Right place, right time, right investors, as you mentioned. When it came out, there's really nothing that you could say bad about the company. I mean, it's an awesome space.
1: The growth story of the company is awesome. Yes. I can't pay that price for it. Exactly. That's (laughs) the problem.
0: That's exactly where I was getting to. So, one of the key themes we always seem to come back to is you're paying for not just the name of the company, but the stock of the company and the valuation of the company. While, you know, there's lots of companies out there that I love, frankly, this is a company I love. I've been able to piece together. And honestly, there's not a whole lot of info out on the street on this company. Uh, I was talking with Nate for a few minutes yesterday. I don't think there's even any expectations yet as far as earnings.
1: Yep. They got to get one earnings call under their belt so they provide some guidance. (laughs) Exactly.
0: When you're buying at the IPO date up until the first time that they do a quarterly call with their investors, you're really kind of I don't want to say flying in the dark because there is information out there, but if you're trying to get in at that IPO price on that first day, it's because you just love that company and you want in no matter what it's trading for, you want in.
1: That isn't always a good idea. No. In fact, that's rarely a good idea. Yeah,
0: we've talked about that too. Right. I
1: mean, now you're buying the hype. It's like Tesla. We talk about Tesla all the time, but the company doesn't make any real money. Mm-hmm. Yes, their earnings are positive because they're selling zero emission credits to other automakers. But if you strip that out, because that will go away over time as you know, GM, Ford, all these other automakers roll out effective zero emission EVs, now you're left with just whether or not they can sell cars. right? right? And they haven't been selling enough of them. But that company has traded strictly on hype. The growth potential of the company, rather than is it accurately valued right now? That's exactly right. Snowflake's trading at 100 times sales.
0: Yeah. That's unheard of. You have to kind of calculate that, right? That's not like a number that's out there right now. So yeah, that's what I got to in my you know, back of the envelope calculations. 100 times sales. Yeah. That's,
1: that's crazy. Because that's a- Zoom before that was the most expensive on a per sales basis mm-hmm. at about 60 times, dude. Right. That's a big, big difference.
0: And that's where they would have been at the IPO price. At At 120 bucks. It was was 60 60 times. times. Yeah.
1: So that's absolutely crazy. It has a lot of investors concerned because it reeks of pets.com. Right. Right. It reeks of the tech bubble. Just ridiculous valuations.
0: It really does. That's really the first one that kind of jumped off the page, at least to me. It seems to make sense. Seems like it's a great company, but boy, oh boy, is it expensive right now? (laughs) Yeah. Zoom's expensive. Oh, yeah. Right. And Zoom's 60% of where it's
1: at. Look, in that space, I'm just going to give our listeners a quick alternative play, right? So it's a stock that we own. It's Cloudera. Yeah.
0: I got that one down too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's
1: also a data optimization company. Snowflake's a data company. Cloudera's a data company. They're not the same company. Yep. They don't do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I want exposure to data optimization, right, and just to dumb that down, because when I first hear data <laughs> optimization, I'm thinking, what the heck does that even mean? Just
0: like analytics and yeah. football.
1: <laughs> right. But data optimization, if you think about it, the most valuable asset any company has is their data. Right. Customer data, actually prospect data, people that told you no, that is valuable data. Mm-hmm. And you need to understand that data so that you can make as much money off that data as possible. And that's even more important now that you don't have salespeople knocking door to door, Mm -hmm. right? So Cloudera, Snowflake, they're both in that data optimization space and Cloudera trades at three times sales. And it's got Carl Icahn as a key investor. The allure of Snowflake, some of it was Warren Buffett, some of it was Mark Benioff, but Icons in Cloudera, Mm -hmm. and that's trading at a fraction of the price to sales multiple.
0: In doing research for this, and we already own it in our portfolio, do you own it personally, Cloudera? I do. Yeah. Because I'm
1: invested in our portfolios.
0: So I'm going to put it out there. I think I might be looking at personally investing in Cloudera. I love the story. I love the valuation. I love the potential market, stock valuation game. You know, it's an exact science, but the potential market is really, in my opinion, one of the biggest things you want to look to if you're looking for a stock that you can own, you know, not just buy and sell quickly, a stock that you can own for a long time.
1: And if Carl Icahn's willing to get into it, right, can kind of do a little less homework on the <laughs> stock, right? I mean, we, of course, are doing the homework, but for the listener at home that's a DIY investor, right. When you have the backing of Carl Icahn, that's gotta make you more confident.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know.
1: So yeah, I mean, I like Cloudera in that space. You're getting similar exposure mm-hmm. at a fraction of the price. So let's move on to TikTok. All right. right. <laughs> Cause everybody is talking TikTok. President Trump said he was gonna ban the app. Mm-hmm. The deadline was like, I don't know, September twentieth ish, fifteenth right. to twentieth, somewhere in there. And there's another deadline somewhere around the beginning of November there's a lot of confusion behind like, why are there two deadlines? Let's address that first and foremost. So the first (laughs) deadline was, we're going to remove TikTok from the app store. Right. You can no longer download it.
0: That was supposed to be the 20th. I did see that.
1: Right. And then in November, it we're stripping it off your iPhone too. Right. It's gone. Mm -hmm. You can no longer access it at all. So those are kind of the two levels of TikTok. And D, do you have a TikTok account?
0: I don't actually. Do you? No, I don't.
1: And I wouldn't admit it even if I did. But my kids, they're on that thing all day, every day. Oh, yeah. My two daughters are on it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, they're setting up their iPhones, they're making little dance videos. My son, who is turning nine, hates it. (laughs) I think he just hates it because he sees his sisters using it all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, kind of on a side note, he did recently make a TikTok video. Because the new cute girl in his class asked to follow him on TikTok. My little dude, man, <laughs> he's a ladies man, you know, he's all of a sudden making videos for her. So yep. I, I thought that was pretty cool.
0: I've done way worse things for girls okay. than just joining TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so nice job, little man. Yeah. He's... I appreciate you.
1: So, you know, it seems like the issue with TikTok here is, you know, obviously it is a Chinese company and the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, they don't play fair. No. Right. I mean, they steal our intellectual property all the time. And the last thing we want them to have is data on all of us and our kids. Right. We have to stop giving China such a competitive advantage against us. So that's been the issue with TikTok. And President Trump said, you know, we're going to ban this thing if they don't play by our rules, if they don't sell it to an American company. Right. So you've got last I heard Oracle and Walmart so they're interested in doing some sort of a joint venture, that according to President Trump and according to Oracle, would give this new venture, it's called TikTok Global. That's the joint Oracle and Walmart company, NuCo, right? Mm -hmm. So this TikTok Global, according to Walmart and Oracle and President Trump, they were going to have control over the company, which means you have over 50% ownership. Right. Last I heard, they were only getting 20% ownership.
0: That's what I got as well. Because
1: ByteDance, the current owner of TikTok, (laughs) came back and said, I don't know what you're talking about. We're still going to have control. Then I heard, as a secondary explanation to it, I couldn't really understand what President Trump was saying, so I got to read between the lines a little bit. I apologize if I'm connecting (laughs) the wrong dots here, but I'm doing my best with what was said. And what I think I heard was that, These companies were going to buy 20% of ByteDance, and then they were going to go on the open market and publicly buy enough stock to get them above, almost like a hostile takeover.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So- I guess that explains it a little better, but now you have China coming back and saying, this is extortion. Mm -hmm. This is Trump's playing dirty. We're going to shut everything down. It's more bickering going back and forth.
0: Yeah. I mean, that plan that you mentioned about going on the open market, Like, there's no way that's going to work. You can't rely on that. No, definitely not.
1: That sounds crazy. Look, I've never used TikTok. My kids are addicted to it. And I've heard all this rave about the algorithm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the algorithm is. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm assuming it's just you know a video. Do you show next right. to the kids? I have mm-hmm. no idea why that's so important, but it is the most addictive app mm-hmm. for teens and preteens. Right. I mean they're on it nonstop. Now let's talk briefly about what would happen if TikTok is banned. So if TikTok is banned, here's my take, D. My take is that people have a short attention span. <laughs> okay. If TikTok goes bye bye for just a week you will see a mass exodus of users. Right. Now, the only comparable platform that's out there, and I've never used this one either, is Instagram's Reels. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of that? I have not. Okay, so that's like <laughs> that's Facebook or Instagram's version of TikTok. Okay, right, So I would think that if TikTok shuts down, all these people, they take their followers right over to Reels and they pick right. up where they left off. So I think if this thing gets shut down, I don't know that it can come back from it. I'm probably dead wrong, but that's kind of my take. I think kids who have grown addicted to this app are not going to stop making their little music videos for a week or two weeks straight. Right. like They will continue to make those videos. It'll be painful, but they'll move over to Instagram.
0: For sure. It's a difficult situation because clearly American users enjoy the app, but at the same time, and you can disagree with President Trump about everything, but... There's just so much. We just talked about you know, Snowflake and Cloudera. There's just so much data that they have access to. I mean, it's not just the content that people are posting, but it's your search habits, what you're looking for. And they have all of that. And first became a controversy when basically I think TikTok owns all the content that you put out there. So if you record a video, TikTok can use that video in whatever they want to do. And obviously... We can't have all of that data going back to China. We just so can't can have it. So they use it against us. Exactly. And that's not exactly good. what they're going to do. So something like this has to happen. Everyone's daughters are going to be mad. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's true. But something has to be done. And the layout of the merger is not really a merger, more of a...
1: Hostile takeover. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, whatever we want to call
0: it. It does make sense, though. So, you know, you got... Oracle, you know, they want to get more into the data aggregation game. That would be perfect for them. Walmart, obviously, all that consumer data. That would be super helpful for them. And advertising. So I've never been on the platform. I don't know if there's advertising on there now. But to monetize any app, pretty much, you got to advertise on it.
1: I mean, this thing went to 100 million U.S. users for mm-hmm. TikTok. Right. There's like 330 million people in the U.S.
0: Mm-hmm. That's incredible. That is crazy. That's incredible.
1: I mean, I don't know how many of them are like 12 and under. Let's say that's 50 million, mm-hmm. right? So you could just take them right out of the equation because right. they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. How many are like 80 plus? I don't know, maybe another 50. <laughs> I don't know. You could probably take them out of the equation too because mm-hmm. they're not going to be doing dances on TikTok, right? right. So if you kind of segment those age groups out, it's probably half of the US population right. using this thing. Mm-hmm. Thank God I haven't signed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of data to hand over to the Chinese.
0: Yeah, it really is. But these apps just keep coming at you, you know? They're... I didn't know we needed another app where you could share videos, but we got one and people love it. So You, you can know. never
1: have enough apps, D. <laughs> when are we going to roll out the Capitalist Investor app?
0: Yeah, we got to get one.
1: Well, we do have to talk about that swag. Yep. All right. So if you love the show, you got to give us a five-star review and write some comments. It's funny. We have all five-star reviews, mm-hmm. but we got a three-star review from one guy Oh, really? who plugged his own podcast <laughs> in the review. As if it wasn't his podcast, but I looked up his name and I'm like, dude, this is your podcast. (laughs) He's like, I think you should listen to this podcast because in my opinion, it's the best one. (laughs) That's a shady tactic. That's, Writing a review on ours so you can get listeners Uh, for yours. Come on. But give us a five-star review and we're going to get you some swag. Yep. D, have you looked up some swag yet? Yeah. What are we leaning towards?
0: You know, I think a five-star review... Probably like a nice capitalist investor t-shirt.
1: Got some t-shirts, we'll get some Yeti cups.
0: Yeah, we definitely get some Yeti cups. We'll probably do some drawings later on. Get some of
1: those vests, those North Face vests, Mm -hmm. right? Those are nice. That's my go-to wardrobe anymore (laughs) since I just don't get dressed up for work. But yeah, we're gonna put together some swag. So if you write that five-star review, we'll get some to you. Let's just wrap up with the tech pullback. Right. Because I think that's kind of top of mind for a lot of people. They're concerned that the market leaders this entire year have sold off a little bit. And I mean, Apple, I think is down like 25% off its peak. That's a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, dude, if you buy Apple, Microsoft, Salesforce, you buy any of these big companies, whenever they're in a bear market, it has always worked. Always, 100% of the time it has worked.
0: You can throw Netflix in there too. Yep. You remember when Mark Cuban bought a bunch? when it was down, it was crazy low. This was probably five years ago. Yeah. In about two months, he made like $15 million just by buying Netflix low.
1: How do you do that?
0: (laughs) It's easier when you start with like 5 million. Exactly.
1: (laughs) You got to have some conviction, right? And you got to maintain diversification, right? right? I mean, we couldn't throw a 100% of our life savings into something like that, right? So tech, if I look at the XLK ETF, it's up 25% this year. The SPY ETF, which is the S&P 500, is up 3.5%. So tech is winning by like almost 22%. Right. So, I mean, the divergence has been huge. But in September, tech started selling off. Mm -hmm. So tech's down. As of the time we're recording the show, tech was underperforming the S&P by about 3%. However, I'm not that concerned about what's going on because I really don't think this sell-off is indicative of... A banged up market or a banged up economy. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is if it was indicative of that, you would see the money coming out of tech and going into like consumer staples, Mm -hmm. defensive names. What's happening is the money's coming out of tech and it's going into other cyclical names because consumer discretionary is outperforming consumer staples. Mm -hmm. You've got transport stocks outperforming utilities, Mm -hmm. right? So the cyclical plays are working. So my opinion, D, don't get too worked up over it. But as for the tech pullback, I don't think it's much more than profit-taking
0: those big names have just run up so far, so fast from when we we're coming out of the covid correction or whatever we're calling it now. But yeah, absolutely. You know, tech was the leader going into this year. Before covid happened, tech was the leader coming out of covid during the worst days of it. In my opinion, probably needs to go down a little bit more, but it's going to be pretty clear, at least to me, that it's going to continue to be a leader. Yeah. And it's because the world's changing, not just because of COVID. I mean, we spent the first half of the show talking about data aggregation and cloud storage and computing. It's that's, just, that's it's just, just a different place, man.
1: That's all the future.
0: Stocks like Johnson & Johnson and Ford. and I don't see safe haven they're, money they're, running there. No, you they're know.
1: old world, right? I mean, new world is tech, specifically software, mm-hmm. right? Software as a service, the cloud, data, that's where it's at.
0: And we're almost to where Apple is like a safe haven stock. It should be, <laughs> yeah.
1: right? I mean, Apple, that's a stock that more than tripled in value over the course of the last, I don't know, 20 months or so. right? And they hadn't grown earnings a, a penny.
0: All by multiple expansion. That's crazy.
1: Yep. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Now, the argument for Apple, I heard someone say this on the halftime report. Is that if you look at Apple as a hardware company, it's completely overvalued. Right. And that's kind of how I've always looked at it. Mm -hmm. But they're saying if you look at it as a consumer goods company or a consumer products company, it's fairly valued. Right. Right. So that'd be like Procter & Gamble. Mm -hmm. You know, that's probably trading at who knows 25 to 30 times. What do they do? Toothpaste? Nothing special. So I guess your position on Apple is it's a necessity that Mm -hmm. everyone have an iPhone, or it's a piece of hardware. Mm -hmm. So two sides of that story.
0: So yeah, I don't think tech's going anywhere. No, Uh, I agree with you. I think you got
1: to come up with a shopping list right now. Mm -hmm. You find some companies that are on sale and you buy them. They might go lower, but as long as you're not a trader, as long as you've got a few years for your time horizon, what's wrong with buying Apple when it's down 25%? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: That's never not worked.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 100% of the time it has worked.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Well, let's leave it there. Everyone, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Capitalist Investor. Feel free to shoot us an email with questions. You can hit us at info at swpconnect.com. Like we were talking about earlier, leave us a five-star review. That'd be awesome. That's how we can really spread the word and get this message out to more and more people. If you do shoot us a quick email at info at swpconnect.com and we'll send you a swag package. Now, disclaimer, we still got to get the swag. (laughs) We don't have it yet, but we will work on getting some swag and we'll make sure to thank everyone that gets out there and gives us a positive review.
0: I just need the credit card and we're good to go. Yeah, all right, let's go. Let's get it
1: done, baby. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Mark. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Look, if you wouldn't mind, please go to your podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you use, and give us a five star rating and review. You know, the best way for us to continue to educate and enlighten every single one of you is for more and more people to know about us, and your review would help us with that. Also, we've had quite a few listeners reach out to us lately asking about financial planning. So, we've decided to offer a special to every single one of our listeners. It's a $495 comprehensive financial plan. No strings attached. You don't have to move your investments under our management. We're not going to use the plan as a gimmick to sell you a product. There's absolutely no hidden agenda and no further obligation on your part. You just get great conflict-free advice from us. And all you have to do is visit your495plan.com. That's your495plan.com. Fill out your info. One of our certified financial planners will reach out and begin to build out your plan. Visit your495plan.com today.